listening to PetLifeRadio.com. everybody and welcome to Pet Life Radio. My name is Brent Atwater and we have a very special guest today. We have Shay with us who is going to talk about her journey from grief to wisdom with her dog Tula. And Tula's life was all about change and teaching Shay a new perspective on life and a new way of looking at death and learning lessons from all the opportunities that Tula created in between. And I really think this is a lovely story because Tula came in to create an awareness and to educate people, and she's done a good job in doing it, and therefore I'm going to ask Shay to join us in just a minute and tell us all about Tula. So what we'd like to do first is to say, come on over to our Facebook Pet Loss Group, We have 51,000 plus members. They're all over the globe. It's multilingual. And we have lots of lively discussions. A lot of our shows originate from the questions that we receive in our group. And also the questions in our group fuel some of our new YouTube question and answers. So on our YouTube channel, go on over there. It's under Brent Atwater. And you'll see our radio shows are being announced. And we'll be having lots of new videos coming up. And in our group, Shay, who's with us today, is there to help heal your heart and to help get you through pet loss and through the learning opportunities and the soul contract that you had with your dog. If you want to see behind the scenes, we're on Instagram and Pinterest and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. So you can find us just about anywhere. Thank you, Shay, for joining us today. And you're up in, you say, Vermont? In Vermont, yes. It's wow. It's chilly here today. Okay. Well, tell us about Tula. What First, tell us about what kind of dog she is for all the people who can't see. Tell us about her beautiful black curly self and how you got her. And let's sort of start with how she came into your life. Okay. Well, if you can imagine what a fox looks like, imagine a fox that has black curly hair and pointy ears and a pointy nose and a beautiful curly fluffy tail. That was Tula. Tula was a Hungarian herding dog called a Moody, M-U-D-I, and there's not many of them in the country or in the world. And I had never heard of the Moody, but if you're a Moody lover, then you, you know the breed. But again, I never heard of the Moody, and how she came into my life was that I had a beloved greyhound who passed away, and two weeks later, on my birthday, a client of mine walked in with this scruffy, curly-haired, black little fluffy puppy who was the funniest-looking little dog, and she said to me that she had waited years to get a Moody, again, because they're not that common, and she said, unfortunately, she couldn't keep the dog that she waited and spent so much money on because she had four other dogs, and they were seeing this little black dog as prey, and Tula had spent two months living under a bed, being attacked, and finally my client just said, enough is enough, you know, I need to find her a new home. So my client had no idea 
that it was my birthday or that I lost a dog two weeks before. But there was something about Tula when I saw her. There was this recognition. I can't even explain it. And she instantly came over to me, which surprised my client because Tula had a lot of fear and abandonment issues and was just a very, very timid little dog because of her past experiences. And so she wasn't trusting strangers, but she came right over to me. And I just knew instantly. And so she... um, she became a part of my life on my birthday, and she was definitely such a blessing for the following almost 10 years that I had her. Now, what, you know, for those of you who are listening out there, that's one of the signs that there's going to be some karmic lessons coming. When you meet a little dog or cat or ferret or bunny or bird, and all of a sudden there is an instant connection, that means there is an animal soul contract in place that there's going to be some lessons coming down the pike. Now, you're not thinking that because you're going, oh, look, buddy. Look at my new cockatiel. Ooh, fishy's going to be fun. Well, that's good. But when you're a spiritual person, all of a sudden your little alarm clock goes off. Ding, 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 ding. Uh-oh. I can see that there are lessons coming. And I hate to say this. This is even true with humans. So if you lock eyes with somebody, it might be there for a time, a season, or a reason because your soul is about evolving. And so this little puppy coming in on such a birthday, which means birth of new changes and new evolving, with the connection immediately, had a lot of things in store for uh, Miss Shay. And so, Shay, if you will share with us her personality and what you learned from her let's say, rambunctious and overt personality. You know, I am laughing and smiling as you say that because she was definitely playful and rambunctious and she and very cautious and discerning. She had a lot of wisdom and yet was very childlike and playful. And what I learned from her was that she honored her intuition. She didn't just go up to anyone, even if they just wanted to go up to her and pet her. She was very discerning with her energy. She was she was in some strange way very balanced. Like she knew when to approach, when to retreat. Even though she was very cautious and had some fear in her from her past experiences, she used it to her benefit. She was definitely very loyal. She was my shadow. We were inseparable twenty four seven practically for all those years. You need to share the fact that she wasn't social and how that that how what you learned about that and, and let's let's talk about the traits that were not as lovable in her, but how all of the unlovable traits were actually lessons. Oh well, that, well that's true, Bren. I, I just choose sometimes to focus on the good, but yes, let's open the eyes and be truthful here. She definitely, you know, she definitely she reorchestrated my life in many ways. There she you go. <laughs> not, yeah, yeah, that's a kind way of saying it. She she was not a fan of most people. In fact, she just wanted to be with me to the point where even. If one of my closest friends, who she truly loved and adored, wanted to take her out for a walk even to the end of the driveway, there was absolutely no way she was going to go unless I went. She always wanted me there, and she was really very protective of me, and some people would say she was a little neurotic. I like to say she was um, just protective, but she was, you know, Brent, it just like makes my heart feel so expansive when I just like think of her in that way, even though when it was happening, let me tell you, sometimes it was like, oh, but I can look back and see all the lessons that I learned in how 
I allowed her to rearrange my life in such a way that I wasn't even aware of until she left her physical being. And again, I say the word allow because I allowed it. I learned about my energy and how I allowed even her energy to merge so much with mine that in one way or another, there was decisions that were always made that were going to be the best for both of us. And I don't know, maybe some people would call that codependency. (laughs) I don't know. But I definitely can see now that she's not in physical form in my life how, again, the theme of redesigning my life around her comes into play and how I limited myself, not in a bad way, but in a way that definitely served me during that time in my life. But now I realize the lesson that I'm learning is to have more more options in a different way. Wow, she was quite a master teacher, wasn't she? Tula was amazing. She was the greatest, greatest gift in my life and the greatest teacher of my life to this point, and I still feel her teaching me through many lessons that I think back that I thought I had learned, only now am I really discovering the meaning of the lesson. And so even at this point, I feel how powerful she is as a teacher in my life. And and again, I feel only now am I really learning the lessons fully. And I think this is a wonderful thing that the reason we asked Shay to come with us today is because a lot of people just look at the passing of a pet and they don't take the grief and root around in it to look for the lessons of the time that the animal spent with them and how it did affect their life, how it orchestrated changes in their life, both positive and negative, and how it orchestrated going forward and their soul's evolvement. I think that Shay is really, really in touch with that, which is why I asked her to be on the show today. And I think that that is something that each of us, when looking at pet loss, should determine. And even though it's painful and sometimes it's tedious to go through and rumble around the interweaving of the fabric of your life and see where the thread that the pet inserted into your life creates bumps and smoothness and good, bad, and ugly so that you can see how that part of your life was so very valuable to you and not valuable from the, oh, I had the cutest little Mundi dog that was black with fur and looked like a fox. No cute from the fact of, oh, I'm missing me sleep with me every day and we go out together. No, but lovely from how your soul evolved. And that's a whole nother way of looking at pet loss is the loveliness of how your soul evolved from that pet being in your life. And I think that's what Shay was talking about of how special she really realizes that Tula was and how much she effectuated and effected her life by being in it. And now she's using the joy from all that Tula contributed to move forward and evolve. You know, Brent, you said it so beautifully. And I know that we all feel this way about our beloved fur babies. But I just, I have tears in my eyes in a joyous way thinking of Tula right now. And I'm just laughing to myself, thinking of all the times she just barked incessantly and how it would give other people headaches. And I wasn't even aware of it because I saw the bark as music after so many years. But now I kind of realize why people didn't linger longer than um, longer than the fifth bark. But anyway, I I just uh, think, as you said, there are just so many lessons 
that I'm learning from Tula, not only when she was in her physical form, but they're continuing now even in in the absence of the physical form. Maybe even more so because now I spend in those quiet moments really connecting and pondering and eagerly wanting to learn all the lessons she gave me and not wanting to miss anything because I just treasure each and every moment that we shared and continue to share. And I think that's the good part because you're looking at her as a living energy. And I, when you say continue to share, that's what pet death can do, even though they're not back in physical form. If you look for the lessons and the gift inside the transition, then it's about continuing to share and not over. And on that, we're going to take a break, let our sponsors talk to you, and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com, the latest fashion trends for our furry friends. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady. I travel from coast to coast to pet trade shows and consumer events, from Super Zoo to Global Pet Expo to Intergroom and NAVC, to scout out what the hottest, hippest, and most unique pet products are on the planet, bringing you tips and tricks from top veterinarians, groomers, trainers, on how to safely travel and live happily with your pets. You may see me on some morning shows from Fox News to ABC to NBC and other media outlets. The Pet Lady will be in a city near you soon, showing off the latest and greatest tech pet gadgets, cozy comforts, and fab gift ideas for man's and woman's best friends. You can learn more at www.thepetlady.net or connect socially and tweet with me at Pet Lady World. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Hi, this is T.O.D. Anderson, and I'm the host of Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. We're going to talk about a variety of topics on canine behavior and training, all based on modern methods that are fun for you and your dog. We might be talking about other critters, too. So join us on Get Positive Results. We'll talk about common issues between you and your dog, answer your questions, discuss different activities you can do with your dog, and keep you posted on current canine news and products. All this on Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for listening to our sponsor, and we really would appreciate if you know anybody that might want to advertise on our show with pet memorials, pet portraits, or anything of that nature, 
have them send an email to mark at petliferadio.com or to me, brent at petliferadio.com, and we will look forward to your suggestions and ideas. One of the things that we're going to talk about next which is really something difficult to talk about. But again, Shay has such a lovely light that shines upon the gift of what's happening instead of looking at what was really not a good time or a fun time at all for her. And we appreciate her shining the light on a way that we would like for you to shine a light on your pet loss so that it provides a continuing connection with the pet rather than just being death. Start and tell us about in May, the dream you had about Tula and then how her passing, how she began to decline in health and then through her passing. Okay. Well, I first want to say thank you for talking about the light, but I do have to own there was definite darkness on the journey and it was an ebb and flow into the light, into the dark. And in May of this past year, 2014, I had two dreams, two consecutive nights that Tula, my beloved Tula, had died, and I was scattering ashes, her ashes, in the backyard. And I woke up, and I remember after that second dream, and just seeing Tula lying there happy. She was vibrant, playful. She was just her lovable, happy self. And so I felt relieved, but I also felt really um, uncomfortable about the dreams, knowing that, you know, my dreams in the past could be somewhat prophetic. So I think I planted, after those dreams, a little bit of fear in me, in me that never quite left. And so two months later, when Tula became lethargic out of the blue and stopped eating, I got really concerned. And I called up a vet, and I took her for a checkup, and it was diagnosed that she was just dehydrated. And without getting into all the little details, I just knew that that particular diagnosis was not the right one. And one thing led to another, and I went to another vet. And that vet, at this point, said her breathing, which I was now focusing on because I sensed there was a breathing issue. And this second vet said her breathing was just anxiety and suggested Prozac. I knew that was not the case, and so obviously I didn't get the Prozac filled out, but I left with frustration, and another vet visit said maybe it's just allergies or asthma, the breathing, and suggested prednisone. We did a little bit of prednisone. She had some side effects. That wasn't the case. So I went on this journey, and then I just really started to get out of my head and into my heart and just really pray and just really ask for that divine guidance, which I so believe in, and just really asking to please give me the wisdom to the right vet and to know how to handle this because before my eyes, my little baby was having labored breathing, and you know now, vet after vet visit, we weren't getting to the core of it. And I was in a pet store, and I ran into a woman who asked me about cat litter, and one conversation led to another, and she then told me about her dog who had passed away and how she had exceptional care at this particular vet, vet place. And so I then called up that vet, and again, without getting into all the details, it was diagnosed that Tula had lung cancer. But this journey of going through all the vets, really allowed me to question my intuition, question my judgment, allowed me to go deeper into what I knew was the truth at different points, and to create a bond with Tula that was um, deeper than it ever had been. This, I knew, was a life-and-death situation. So when she was diagnosed with lung cancer on a Friday and given only a month to live, I was shocked because I really, on some level, was 
just hoping that the final diagnosis would be something that could be easily remedied with some good antibiotic or medication of some sort. And so I was in a state of shock. I did not go into acceptance. I went into grief, despair, but I knew I had to get it together and get into that car and lift up my energy because I had just gotten a phone call in the parking lot and stepped out of the car and two of them was waiting in the car for me. So I got in the car and I just hugged my little beloved and I said, okay, this is what we have, we have now. And so from Friday up until that Wednesday, it was amazing. It was such a gift because I knew the time we had to share in the physical form was limited. And it was as if, I can't even explain it, but time just ceased to exist. Tula was no longer eating and I decided to fast along with her. And I know that fasting can always give me clarity when I do it in the right way. And so I stopped eating along with her, not in this dramatic way, but in a way of really coming together on this journey with her. And it was the summertime and the weather was beautiful and she wanted to be outside because she had the labored breathing. So all the oxygen from the trees and outdoors was something she was really wanting. And so we went outside and we camped out for the next five days in the backyard and it was just a beautiful time. All the signs were there from geese starting the migration to hawks to butterflies, to not even butterflies at that point, to actually caterpillars, but they would soon be butterflies in a month. And there was this, I can't even explain the beauty of those days. And it was as if Tula had let go of resistance and she knew that it was her time. And my job not even job, but my gift to myself, and not even to her, but ultimately just to myself, was to let go of my resistance. And I say a gift to myself because it was a gift when I could do that, that I could really be present with Tula. And so we let go of our resistance, she with the physical, I with the emotional, and we were kind of aligned in that moment. There was something so beautiful, I can't even explain it. And this caterpillar just found its way onto her back, and I just knew the symbolism of the metamorphosis, and a hawk kind of stood still. And I think if I had not surrendered my resistance, I would have missed out on all those beautiful signs and the feeling of just knowing the perfection of that moment. I didn't want that moment to happen. I didn't want her to leave. I wanted her to stay. But I had let go of all the questioning at that point of could I have made a better judgment about the vet visit? Did I do it right? Did I do it wrong? Could it have been diagnosed sooner? Should I have gone in May when the dream came to me? All of these questions, I just came to a place of peace of like letting go. And again, I can't even explain the feeling, but there was an understanding that there was a perfection in the process of her journey, and it was her journey, and I wasn't to interfere with it, with my not wanting her to go or my resistance. And I didn't get to that place that I'm talking about so easily. You know, I, it kind of ebbed and flowed, but I remember those moments where they lingered, and then it would linger from one moment into another moment, and then finally it would be a true feeling that I would be feeling. And I just knew that there was a gift if I could be really fully present and not resist what was taking place and to recognize that this was her journey, and all I needed to do was bear witness and not interfere. And I was remembering, like only the month prior, that I was like the helicopter mom, hovering over her every breath, 
she tried to get away from me as I look back now, like crawling under the bed, and I laid under the bed, reaching my hand under just to make contact with her paw, believing that she needed me there. And now in retrospect, all she needed was a little piece from me because I was carrying, you know, all this fear in the form of resistance and not wanting her to go. And I had all this fear during the journey of suicide seven weeks of, you know, anger and grief and despair and resistance and sadness and judgment. But I remember that moment when it lifted, and I just prayed, God, please let this linger, this feeling. And then I called the vet, the fifth vet that we had during those seven weeks, to come to my home and to um, assist in her transition. And I laid out a beautiful blanket and had flowers and had everything prepared and even music. And when the vet came, Kula jumped up from the cedar trees and ran over to the driveway as if she had all this energy of a puppy. And the vet came out of the car and he said, where is the dog that I'm here to see? And I'm like, this is her. And he looked at her and then all of a sudden she collapsed. She just kind of hovered down in front of the front door of the home, and we just both agreed that this is where she wanted to go. And we locked eyes, and it was a beautiful moment, and we gave her the sedative, and we were just locking eyes, and she wouldn't let go. And then he said, oh my goodness, she has a bit of resistance letting go. I need to give her another sedative. And I was at peace in that moment. I can't explain the peace, and I think I was at peace because... I knew she was ready, and I knew that there was nothing I could say or do to alter what she needed to do, which was to leave. And all I could pray for was, please, God, give me the lesson that I need to learn in this moment. And when she left, that peace that I'm talking about lasted for about 24 hours. And then I went quickly back into this place of despair and grief and questioning and judgment And I was like, where the heck did that piece go? It was so real. Where did it go? And I remember at 3 in the morning not being able to sleep and being on the computer. And I don't know what it was, but let's just call it divine orchestration at play. But I found Brent, your site, and your site really brought me back to that place of peace because I realized the grief that I started to question, I started to question, am I crazy? Like, this grief is unbearable, and it's my dog. I've lost people, I've lost loved ones, but I've never felt this pain as great as it is with the losing of Tula. And I started to read people's comments and people's postings, and all of a sudden I felt this incredible support and this connectedness, and I realized I'm not crazy. This is just love. And this is a love that is so deep and it's so real and other people feel it with their dogs and their cats and their fur babies. And your site... Now, what site she's talking about, folks, is she's talking about our pet loss, our Facebook global pet loss group. And she's over there to help you get through your pain. So when she speaks of site, she is referring to our Facebook group for pet loss that we embrace everybody and hug everybody and are there for them 24-7. And the vulnerability that people, which is so real and authentic. Yeah, they share. They share. They share from their heart, not their heads. It's just sharing from their hearts. And I felt like my heart was safe on that site to just share. And it's funny. I can look back and I can remember some of the animals, Loki and Papu and Monty and all the stories. I remember the animals' names. Just like when we're in a dog park, we remember the dog's names before we remember the people's names. But there was 
so many connections that I felt in my heart. Like, I felt like I wasn't alone. And those days that I know that we all know where it's like, oh, my God, is this real? I just lost my dog. Where's the barking? I can almost feel like I'm going to walk in the dog and see her greeting me, but she's not there. Those were those moments I would get on the site, and I would feel like, oh, okay, okay, there's someone to share this grief with me. There's someone to share this journey with me. But what I knew most importantly was that that peace that I felt during Tulip's transition was real, and I knew it would come back. I didn't know how. I didn't know when. But I knew that I needed to love myself enough just to grieve and however it was. I just needed to be authentic with my grief. I didn't need to force feeling like... I was okay with it. I didn't need to jump into this spiritual perspective of loss. I needed to just feel the physical human loss that I was grieving. And that sight, again, just brought me to this place of, like, it's okay for me just to be who I am in my grief. So I'm so thankful, Brent, for that sight. And I just want to share, to kind of sum up, I reached this place of acceptance. Acceptance knowing that we're all on our journeys and our journeys, you know, however we are to make the transition are here not only to serve us but serve each other. And I was asking Tula one night to just just give me guidance, baby. Just give me some guidance how to get through this pain. And I remember just surfing the Humane Society sites till like 2 or 3 in the morning to just connect with dogs that not to look for a reincarnated version of Tula. I wasn't even going there. You know, I just wanted the comfort of knowing that there were all these dogs out there in the world that needed love. And I knew that Tula gave me the gift of opening my heart so much to love that I had enough room in my heart to love another dog. And I knew the love and joy of having that companion in my life. And nothing could ever replace Tula, but I knew there was a love that was wanting to still be shared in that way. And as I scoped the sites of the Humane Society, every night I would just think of Tula and say, Wow, you know what, Tula? I never got to see you as a little puppy. I wondered what you were like as a little tiny puppy. And I would always imagine what she would have been like as a little moody puppy. And then, out of the blueprint, a month ago, because Tula passed on August 27th, and it was actually October 11th, I got a phone call, and I was offered a moody puppy from Hungary. And this little puppy would be a gift, just a gift to me. Did I want this little moody puppy? She would be the companion litter mate of another puppy that would be purchased by someone in Toronto, and the puppy needed a litter mate to travel with. And so this woman called me up out of the blue and asked if I wanted a little moody puppy. And so unexpectedly, I now have a little moody puppy. She came to me at six weeks old. And she is just a little firecracker, and I definitely know divine orchestration was at play. And I know that if I didn't let go of the resistance and the grief and the despair, I would have missed out on the gifts that were there and all the signs that were there. And I just know that all of us, we have so much love in our hearts, and it's just demonstrated by all the grief that's in our hearts. And when we can like change that grief to focusing in the form of just hopefulness, and acceptance and joy, then all of a sudden there's a miracle that takes place and there's something that is just waiting to just come into our hearts, not to fill a void, because I don't believe a void is ever there when our fur babies are gone. It just changes form. But to fill a place in our heart that we didn't even realize our heart was so big to fill. 
you know, that there's all this love that we have in our hearts to share. And I just feel so blessed that now I have not only my beautiful cat, Romy, but now a little puppy and still Tula in my heart and all the memories that I share of her. And I think that all of this, there, I'm sure for those of you listening, there are like thousands of you listening that are going, oh man, I wish I could have done that. It takes a place of working at it. And that's why um, I think Shay has done such a wonderful job. She has worked at looking for the gifts in this. And she has stated has had ups and downs and goods and bads and uglies and yucky poos. But I think most of all, that by coming out of it with joy and with a retrospective of looking for the gifts in it, it makes your soul softer. It makes your soul less in pain. And you realize even when re-looking back, that it's okay and that death is not death, it's simply transition. And it's both transition about the pet parent and the pet. And I think that this whole story to me clearly illustrates the evolvement and the shape-shifting of two souls that were intertwined, as you said, codependent, but how when you look back on it, you can see... Right. How you can see that being in a life that there is a soul contract that you have with pets and this is a good thing to have. And I hope that many of you will, if you're feeling left out and like nobody understands what I'm saying and nobody knows what I feel, come on over to our pet loss group. Shay's over there. She's more than glad to help you with advice and we will look forward to helping your heart heal. Because that's what it's about. It's learning about the speed bump of transition that the pain then turns into a gain of lots of gifts. And that's what we hope that you've learned from Shay's story today. And we'll look forward to seeing you and come visit our YouTube and our Instagram and Pinterest and Twitter. And if you'd like, we have a book called Animal Reincarnation, Everything Your Heart Wants to Know About Pet Loss. And that seems to take the edge and will give you a basic understanding about how life does change and how things surrounding death can be a gift and that your pet does know they're going to die and that there is no guilt and there is no anger. It's all about, it's pre-planned, it's part of the plan of your evolvement and it's all transition for souls evolving and the energy connection and the love is never left. It just changes forms. And on that, we thank you very much, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.